Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. I'm so glad to have you along today with us as we get in the Word of God again, because we do it every day, get in the Word of God, talk about it, learn from it, pray about it, pray over it, and allow it to change and transform our lives. This is the Word of God we get into every day. It's not the word of the news, not the word of some network, it's not the word of, of man, it's not the word of an educator, it's the word of God. Let's never forget it, and it can transform our lives, and that's how we want our lives to be transformed, amen? We've been talking here since uh, Easter about evidences for Jesus and what really makes him unique. Yesterday, we talked about his claim to be the divine Son of God come in the flesh, that he said things about himself no one else has ever said, and he claimed that he could do things and would do things no one else has ever done. Well, it's been said that amazing claims require amazing evidence. Well, this is a pretty amazing claim, isn't it? That here's this man, can you imagine seeing Jesus face to face, and he's making the claim that he had, that he was the son of God, not just like, you know, we're all children of God, but he was God come in human flesh. I doubt any human being has ever made a greater claim. When Jesus said he, he would forgive our sins and Jesus said that he would be the judge of all people, that one day every person, it's in the tombs, in the graves, would hear his voice and come forth to a resurrection and that the Father had given Jesus all judgment. You're going to stand before him one day. Well, it's a pretty amazing claim. Is there any evidence for it? I like to ask people, you know, when, they, when people ask for evidence or how do you know that's true, I ask, well, what kind of evidence would you accept or what kind of evidence would you like to see that would convince you that it was really from God? Now, a lot of people have never thought about that before. The best they can come up with, well, is if you come down, stand right in front of me right now. Well, that's probably not going to happen. Um, scripture says that if you were to see Jesus face to face, he'd be as brighter than the shining sun and burn out your eyes. You'd probably fall, fall as a dead man and be blind the rest of your life. But he has given us evidence. He's given us plenty of evidence. And I like to look at what, what, as Christians, the type of evidence we receive. Look in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 3 through 4. And the writer there helps explain what it is, why we must give great heed and give great attention to the Word of God, he's saying. And he says this, After it was at first spoken to us through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard. God also testifying with them, both by signs and wonders and by various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. This, as Christians, this is the case we make. We said Jesus the Lord spoke to us. His disciples who were there, the Spirit of God brought it to their remembrance and they wrote it down and they recorded the words and teachings of Jesus Christ for us in the scripture. And God then put his stamp of approval. God also testified by, by both Jesus and these apostles, the writers of the New Testament, performing, performing miracles that could have only been performed in the power of God. We're not talking about magic or illusion or some type of trick. 
we're talking about genuine miracles performed in front of both those who believed and those who were skeptical in ways that were readily demonstrated to be true. We talked a lot last week about evidence for the resurrection of Christ. This, of course, would have been the greatest miracle. I'm not going to get into that as much today because we addressed it last week. But, but the, the Lord spoke it. The apostles, the disciples confirmed it and wrote it down for us. And God testified, God confirmed it by the miracles he performed. You say, well, what kind of miracles? Well, there's one I particularly like in Mark chapter 2. Jesus was, uh, and actually this is portrayed beautifully in this uh, the series, The Chosen. If you've, uh, one of the episodes there, I hope you've watched, I think in, in episode, in season one. There was, Jesus was speaking one day or evening in a, and the, the house was full and there was a crowd around and people were bringing a paralytic to him, hoping he would heal them, heal the person, heal the man. Now the house was full and so they realized there's no way we can get to him. And so they went up on the roof and they literally dug a hole in the roof and let, let the man down on a, on a pallet, on a stretcher. In front of Jesus, I can just picture it happening. You know, maybe some dust starts to fall and, and suddenly you realize someone's digging a hole in the roof. And then this man is let down on ropes and he comes down and everybody, what in the world? And Jesus saw the man and he said to him, my son, your sins are forgiven. Now the scribes were quite, what? Who does this guy think he is? He's blaspheming, they said. No one can forgive sins but God alone. And they were upset at him. And they were murmuring and grumbling, complaining. And Jesus answered. He said, which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up and pick up your pallet and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, get up, pick up your pallet and go home. And that's exactly what the guy did. He stood up. He picked up his pallet and he walked away. And the scribes were murmured all the more and were all the more upset. And the people were amazed that someone on earth would have such amazing power. But notice the miracle. Yes, it was an act of compassion. And yes, he healed a man. And yes, the man was grateful. But it was given as a sign to show Jesus said, so that you may know that he has authority to forgive sins. No one can forgive sins but God alone. The, Jesus, Jesus the, the purpose of this miracle was to demonstrate his, who he was, who he is. God come in the flesh that he can do what only God can do, i.e., he can forgive sins. There was another time when when um, John the Baptist had been thrown into prison. And I don't know, I, 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 the Bible doesn't tell us all that was going through his mind. I personally just wonder if maybe he was kind of feeling, you know, Jesus. I thought Jesus was the Messiah, and this isn't turning out quite the way I expected. I thought he was going to reign, and here I am in prison. Maybe he was discouraged. The Bible doesn't tell us exactly, that's my speculation. 
But we do know that he sent people to Jesus and asked this question, are you really the Messiah or should we be looking for someone else? To me, maybe a bit of doubt had entered into his mind. Jesus did not rebuke him. Often people in our day, you know, if a, if a young person has doubts, we say, how dare you doubt? That's wrong. Just have faith. And I've heard this so many times. And even when I'm out on campus, sometimes trying to defend the faith, someone says, I don't see why you're trying to do this. We just, all we, all we should do is have faith. We should just believe and not ask those tough questions. Folks, sometimes there are tough questions people ask, young people and old people. And we need to help answer them. Yes, there's a place for faith without doubt. Yes, there's a place to say, God, I believe even if I don't understand. But lots of times we go there way too quickly without providing the evidence God has given us. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus provided the evidence. When they they came and said, are you really the Messiah? Jesus said this, here was his response, go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. This was his answer. He didn't just say, just have faith. He didn't rebuke John for having doubts. He said, tell him what you see. I am doing all these miracles. No one else has ever done this. No one else could do this. This is the evidence that I am who I say I am. And that's exactly true. Did you know other people didn't perform miracles? I mean, there were others who performed miracles, but of other religions? This is something that as Christians, we have Christian, the Jewish Christian religion throughout the Bible We have these amazing acts that could only be done by the power of God. Islam does not have this. With Muhammad, the great miracle they said, he just gave us the Quran, the book. But Muhammad never raised the dead, cured a leper, cured a blind man, fed thousands with a couple loaves and fish. Muhammad never did something like that. Neither did Buddha, neither did Krishna. This is something unique to the Christian faith. The Through the Old Testament, there were periods of time. In the New Testament with Jesus and his apostles. And sometimes even today, we see some mighty miracles of God that are demonstrations of power, of the power of God. Jesus said in in John chapter 10, If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do them, though you don't believe me, believe the works so that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. Jesus made a direct appeal. He said, the the words that I'm speaking, the things that I'm saying should be sufficient. I speak with an authority and an anointing and a wisdom that you ought to recognize could only come from God. But if you don't believe that, if you have doubts about my message, then look to the miracles I perform. Look to the works I produce. Look at what I'm doing. And those testify, those are the evidence that I am from God. Believe me and believe the words. If, not, if, if my words aren't enough for you, the miracles should be. 
Friends, we have some things that no one else has. We have the evidences that God is with us. And so again, I ask a person, I ask a person, what kind of evidence would you look for if you really wanted to know if it was from God? In my mind, the answer is, does, does the person, in this case Jesus, do things that, that no mere man could do? Does he do things that would require a supernatural presence, would require a supernatural God? Because there's no natural explanation. That's what Jesus has. He made some amazing claims, but his miracles are amazing evidence that those claims are true. Jesus, we bless you today. You are the divine Son of God. You came to earth and you proved it. Your words were amazing words. The things you said, we, we agree with the, the, the crowds and the, that would often say, no man ever spoke the way this man spoke. Jesus, you spoke with an authority that the scribes and Pharisees did not know and did not have because you spoke the very words of God that you ultimately, you're the author of them. And we bless you and we praise you. We thank you that you did things no one else has ever done. No, no other great religious, Lord, there's, there's hundreds of millions of people follow religious teachings and ideas and leaders who have never done anything to demonstrate that they're from God. They may have charisma, they may be eloquent, they may, they may have a certain wisdom, but they've never done anything to provide the proof and the evidence like you have. We thank you that, Jesus, you, have, you are truth, you are the truth, you speak the truth, and your life demonstrates that we can have faith in you. Thank you that, you're, that what you call us to, Jesus, it deeply satisfies the needs of our heart, but also satisfies the needs of our mind. And we're grateful. We're grateful that you, 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 you reach the whole person. You bless the whole person and you provide answers for the whole person, our mind, our heart, our soul, our body, every bit of us, because you're the Lord God Almighty came to human flesh. We bless you. We love you. We give you this day to follow you, to walk in your ways. We delight to be your followers. We delight to be your disciples. We delight to be known as believers in Jesus Christ. We love you. We bless you. Today, might we, with the power of God within us, the Spirit of God living in us, might we rise above every challenge, every difficulty, every circumstance, and be filled with your victory, your joy, your love, we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. So glad to have you along. Isn't this awesome? We love the Word of God. That's why we get here every single day and talk about it. It is powerful. It's life-changing. We have the truth. Believe it. My friends, believe it. Believe what God says. If you're new, we welcome you. And we invite you to come back, hit the subscribe, the notify button, so you never miss a time. You always hear. But we're here regularly at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time every single day. Because we're not once-a-week Christians, we're everyday Christians. Make a commitment. Join us. Be a part of our group. You'll, your life will change. You'll see. Because God's Word will change it. That's a promise you can count on. If you're here regularly, God bless you. I love you. Thanks for being with me. Until we meet tomorrow, my God bless you strengthen you, fill you with his joy, fill you with his peace, fill you with his love. We got the truth. 
believe it. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.